Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is ready to spend the entire day with his eyes glued to the TV, Brendan Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. That's the uh, the normal Sunday activity. Uh, just sit there and, and veg out, watch the football uh, until my eyes cannot do it anymore. Uh, ben and I in college have many fond memories on the weekends of sitting from, I mean, Ben, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, roughly around noon until midnight and not moving. Um, and it was it was a wonderful time. So, uh, Ben, do you, do you remember those fond times? Of course, Ben O'Brien, the third member of this podcast. I mean, if we're just being honest, like, I don't, if there's NFL football on, what else would you do? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know, know what the other options, other options would be. I mean, I don't understand. Like, if it's an NFL Sunday, I don't really know what else you could do if you're not in front of a computer. I just don't think the world doesn't really operate, like, outside if there's NFL football going on because everyone's watching it. So, like, I I mean, I like, it just makes sense because I don't know what else we would do. I, we didn't really have any other options. No, no, no. I mean, we didn't. We didn't. And frankly, why would we want another option? But look, that's that's neither here nor there. We have an excellent episode today, as always. A lot of exciting stuff happening now that college football is over. We got the NFL playoffs, uh, college basketball, college uh, or college basketball, and the NBA. All exciting stuff. Trevor, let's start in college basketball. Um, and first up here, we got to talk about this Kansas uh, TCU game that happened yesterday. Correct? I believe it happened yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it and, did. And uh, it was a good one. Yeah, it was it was a good one for a, a few minutes until uh, TCU really just kind of uh, you know blew them out of the water. I mean, this game was Kansas was at home, and if you you know if you watch Kansas basketball, if you even know just anything about Kansas basketball, you know that they rarely ever lose at home. They're a really good home team. Um, they they almost never lose, and TCU uh, made a big statement. I believe this is the first time TCU has actually ever beaten Kansas in Lawrence uh, on the road, um, and they beat them in dramatic and uh, with a beatdown. I mean, it wasn't even close. The final score of this one was eighty three to sixty. TCU won the game. Just a huge statement. At one point, I was watching the first half of this game. TCU was up thirty seven to fifteen in the first half which is pretty wild. Um, you know, they just had everything kind of clicking. Mike Miles Jr., uh, the guard, you know, kind of the star for TCU. He had a really solid game. Um, and they got contributions from guys off the bench, too. I mean, you had Shahada Wells, who came off the bench at 17 points. Um, you had a couple other guys. It looks like Jacoby Coles had nine points. So just so many contributions, um, you know, all around on this TCU roster. They shot it 53% from three, 54% overall. And Kansas really struggled. You know, Jalen Wilson, he tried multiple times to get him back in the game. They went on a little bit of a run late first half um, at one point. But then TCU, they didn't let up. They they kept it going. And, you know, Kansas, there's been so many times in past years where, you know, whether it's at home or on the road, they'll they'll get down. They'll be in a little bit of a deficit. And you, you never think the lead is safe, no matter how big the lead is. Like, TCU had a 22-point lead in the first half. I was like... You know what? I don't know. If Kansas makes a run, I think it's possible that Kansas could come back and win this because I've seen it before. I saw it happen back in, I think it was like 2013, when Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid were freshmen at Kansas and they played West Virginia. West Virginia had a big lead um, in Lawrence and Kansas came back, won the game in overtime. I think Wiggins had like 42 points in that one. And from that point on, I was like, you can never count out Kansas when they're at home because at any point they can flip the script and they could you know, turn it on and win the game. That's not what happened here, which is pretty interesting to see now with this Kansas team uh, because they are still really good. They are still, I would say, the best team in the conference, but 
you know, there's a little more doubt now because not only did they lose this game to TCU, they also lost a game earlier in the week to Kansas State. Um, you know, now Kansas State in that game, they were the home team and they did win it in overtime by one point. Final score of that one was 83-82, which was a big win for, you know, the Kansas State program. Obviously, in that rivalry, Kansas has kind of owned it. You know, they've, uh, throughout the years, they've swept them when they played two games. They've been very successful against Kansas State as Kansas is successful against literally every team in the Big 12, except, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some years Baylor gets the best of them. But overall, Kansas pretty much owns almost every team in the Big 12, unfortunately. Um, so this was interesting to see now. Kansas now losing two in a row. Um, and they're going to have to bounce back. You know, so we, we kind of look at the overall picture in the Big 12, which is what I wanted to talk about a little bit today, where we stand in this conference, because I think the Big 12 probably is the best conference in college basketball. Right now, yeah, sure. they have six teams ranked in the top 25. And I believe in Ken Palm, um, I think all of their teams are um, in Ken Palm top 65 teams. So pretty impressive. Even the worst team in the conference, Texas Tech, um, is still a team that's like formidable, you know, can can catch you on a bad night, stuff like that. But the way I kind of see the Big 12 is I, I still think Kansas is the best team. But it's interesting because you have five other teams now that are competing to be like near the top of that Big 12. You have Kansas State, who currently record-wise in the conference is is the best team in the conference. They're 6-1 and one in the conference, 17-2 and two overall. So Kansas State, they're in that mix. You have Iowa State, who just got a big win over Texas. Um, they're now 14-4 overall, 5-2 and two in the conference. Texas, um, you know, tied with them in the conference, 16-3 and three overall. And then you have TCU, who just got a big statement win over Kansas, kind of staking their claim. And then you have Baylor, who is currently ranked 21st, which we've seen with Baylor over the last three or four years. Teams coached by Scott Drew, they've been very consistently in that top 10, top 15 mix. And although they had a little bit of a bad spell uh, late December, um, I think even in the maybe early January a little bit, I think Baylor's going to turn around. I think they already have started to turn it around. Um, they, they got a win on the road against Oklahoma yesterday. They got another road win against Texas Tech earlier in the week. Um, so Baylor's been looking better recently. And I think that Baylor will continue to keep up this good play. They have a big game against Kansas on Monday at home. So, you know, that's going to be a huge game to watch and just see like, you know, can Baylor, can Adam Flagler and those Baylor guards continue to play well, continue to turn around so that they can be at the top of that big 12 picture with Kansas. Um, So I, I just think it's all really interesting and you have a big jumbled mix of all of these teams in the big 12. That's going to be really fun to watch play out because however it plays out, all six of those teams at the very least will be making the NCAA tournament. And I think all six of them are capable of winning one or maybe two at least games in the tournament. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to kind of see how that shakes out, honestly. Um, but I guess, Ben, I, I want to get you know your thoughts on anything that you know kind of happened maybe in college basketball or, you know, with the Big 12 as well. I mean, what do you think about Kansas now losing two in a row and getting destroyed on their home floor by TCU? I think, I mean, what it shows is, the, and we know this, the Big 12 is a very deep conference. It's always been that way. Um, but especially this year, like, really anybody can beat anybody in this conference. I mean, Kansas now losing two in a row. Um, and, and like you said, even Baylor with, with, with I guess, for, for their standards, a down season this year, even though you're right, that it seems like they have turned it around recently. Um, 
it's it's just a very it's a well balanced um league. I mean, I think from from top to bottom, it's a good league. I mean, this is the first time I've looked at the Big Twelve standings all year, but and I can't believe that Texas Tech is in last place because it seems like just last year or two years ago they were a really good team. Um, but I still think even with Texas Tech being, I guess, quote unquote, the worst team in in the league. Um, they're capable of beating anybody in that in, in that conference. So um, I think it just it's it it it's credit to the conference in general for for being as deep as it is. Um, and yes, maybe your premier team Kansas losing two in a row is not a good look for the conference as a whole. But what it, what it does is it shows that um, it's a competitive league and 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 down the stretch here and especially into like the conference tournament, I think it's going to be super exciting um, because it's not it's not what we've seen most years, which is Kansas kind of rolling and who who can who's fighting for second place. I really do think that. Um, the, the top four or five teams in, in this conference, it could shake out really in any sort of order that you could imagine. And I don't think it'd be super surprising. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a couple other games I wanted to mention. Um, and then Brandon, if you have any thoughts on college basketball as well, but, uh, we had a big game yesterday, Arizona and UCLA, and these are pretty clearly the, the two best teams in the pac 12. And so this was kind of the marquee matchup of the day yesterday, Arizona, Got the win at home, 58-52 to over UCLA. UCLA was really on a run. They had won, I think, I don't know, at least 10 to 12 games in a row um, until this point. So they were looking really good. Both of these teams playing really well. Arizona had a couple bad losses in December, but now they've kind of regrouped. And both of these teams are, you know, very elite. I think both top 10 teams. So just interesting game to mention there. And then Duke beating Miami at home, 68-66. Um, Duke, you know, they're still in the picture. They're still in the mix in the ACC. It's pretty clear that they're not, um, as quite as good as they were last year. I think that's pretty clear. Um, but Duke is still in the mix in terms of the ACC, which in my opinion is having a little bit of a down year. Although, uh, you know, we've seen that recently with the ACC. They, as a conference, it hasn't been quite as good as it was, you know, maybe early 2010s into, uh, the mid, like, you know, 2010 through like 2018 when it was probably the best conference in college basketball. Now it's maybe the fourth best conference. Uh, but Brandon, anything else, any other thoughts you have uh, in college basketball? Uh, just one thing I want to mention, Trevor, we got to talk about the uh, the college of Charleston, um, <laughs> yeah. our, our boys um, and their success. They're now 21 and one. Yes. Um, and I don't even know what conference they're in. What are they in the Southern? The Colonial, I believe. Colonial. Colonial. Yeah. Um, 21-1, they're on our, our essentially our fantasy team, um, and they're killing it. They're doing really, really good, so I, I had to give them a quick shot. This is going to be an every week type thing, Trevor, because this was a very good pick on our part. I don't know whose idea it was between me or you, but it was a really good pick. <laughs> I have a guess yeah. of whose idea it probably was. I, I also have a guess, and I, I don't think his name starts with a B. But who knows? Who knows? You know, it's neither here nor there, right, right, Trevor? Yeah, absolutely. I will say though, you you brought up Charleston in the middle of our draft, and you were like, "Well, Charleston's still there; they're an option." And we ended up picking them, I think, in the third round, and it has proven oh, to be so, a very so good. So Ben, uh, shut up! All right, ben, I, shut I up. think it's a group. That's, that's I think it's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah, look at that. I did. I did some good work. That's what Trevor's saying. I did a lot of work there, um, but. Let's let's keep on moving along here um, to to our next topic um, and go over to the NBA. Trevor, we've seen uh, Nikola Jokic here have just I mean another uh, amazing year uh, to say the least, right? Like just just an amazing year. Um, what do you think about his MVP chances this year? Yeah, so I I think what I wanted to talk about today is the fact that you know Nikola Jokic now he's won back to back MVPs 
and he's one of the top contenders for it currently, I think in a lot of different polls. You know, I occasionally I'll read like NBA articles and NBA.com. I think there's an MVP ladder that they have running. I don't know if it's daily or weekly, but they currently have Nikola Jokic number one. They have him at the top of it. And what I think is really interesting, you know, more than just like this specific season, because he's been awesome. He's been more efficient than he's ever been, even though his overall scoring numbers are actually down a little bit. But he's been more efficient. Denver's number one in the West. He is a really good case. But I think uh, the question I was thinking about is um, a lot of people like to try to say, well, is Nikola Jokic, like what is three three straight MVPs? How many players have ever done that, right? It's it's very rare. I, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if Michael Jordan's ever done that. I don't, I don't think LeBron's ever done that. Maybe like a Bill Russell maybe has done that or Will Chamberlain possibly. But it's almost never happened. Um, so I think people, you know, you have some of the Jokic detractors out there that, that try to, you know, find any way they can to kind of denigrate his case. And I think they'll look at it and they'll say, well, Nikola Jokic, you know, he shouldn't be the player that has three MVPs just because he's not like, like if you have three straight MVPs, people will try to say, well, this, this guy better be like a top five, top 10, all in like player of all time. If he's going to be worthy of three straight MVPs. And I think that's kind of a weird case to make because ultimately like it's a regular season award and it kind of just comes down to who had the best regular season that that particular season it doesn't always mean that they're going to continue to play that well in the playoffs or maybe their team has in Jokic's case maybe their team has some injuries that hurt that or you know whatever the case may be um but it's tricky because I think Jokic probably is in my opinion would be the MVP favorite right now and the fact that that would be his third straight I think some people are would be bothered by that but it's interesting um there's also the narrative of like, well, people, there's like a, you know, the the fact that he's won it twice in, twice in a row. Now people are just going to be like, well, you have to like play at like a higher level for me to, like they want right. to reward someone new. They want it to be something new, something that's different. And I just wonder, is that going to play a factor at all in how the voting goes this season? If Jokic does continue to play this well and, you know, Denver's at the top of the standings. Will he win it, and what will be the the thoughts uh, among the media, among the public, about that? I just think it's a it's an interesting conversation because you can say, well, oh, like Jokic and Embiid are very comparable players, and Embiid has no MVPs. Jokic has two; he might get a third. Well, what's up with that? And it's like, well, it's just you know, it, it just might happen that Jokic was a little bit better the last two seasons, and he's also a little bit better this season. Doesn't mean he's uh, it doesn't mean Jokic is miles ahead of Embiid as a player overall necessarily. It just means in these three individual seasons, he's been a little bit better. So that's that's just one case. But I think it's it's really interesting to kind of think about that conversation. I, I don't know. I mean, Brandon, Brandon, what do you think about this? Because even LeBron, like we've seen, I think there have been at least one or two years where LeBron probably deserved the MVP and didn't get it. Um, and I think part of that's just because of like a maybe we're just tired of giving it to the same player and we want something different. I mean, what, what do you kind of think about that concept? Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I, I guess it like tracks a little bit, but at the same time, like it's a regular season statistics award who, you know, who, who's got, you know, accumulation of the most points, rebounds and assists in some fashion. Um, and you give it to that person. I think it's kind of that simple. Um, 
you know, it seems like just looking down the list here, I mean, no one really matches up against Jokic in terms, you know, double-doubles, triple-doubles. Again, just a statistical award that it is. The only person that really comes close is Luka. Um, I mean, what do you think Luka's chances are, are winning? Obviously, they aren't bad, but I'm saying, like, compared to, like, if you were to go head-to-head, what would be the percent chances for both Jokic and, 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 and Doncic? Yeah, so, I mean, I think comparing Luka and Jokic, I think people, and yes, like, stats are a big portion of this, but I think people often make the case that Jokic, he really elevates the play of his teammates. He makes them better. The way that he influences teammates. And people say the same thing about Steph. The way he that Steph frees up the court and his off-ball movement opens things up. It makes the offense more hard to predict, harder to defend. People make a, sl- a different case, but you know the same kind of thing overall of like him making his teammates better, whereas... Some people will say that Luca is playing more of like the heliocentric, like isolation, like I'll take you one on one and hit a shot over you type of ball. Even though Luca um, certainly is capable of getting his teammates involved, and I do think he is capable of making his teammates better. But I think people use that case um, over him. Overall, looking at the numbers, I think the fact that Jokic has um, been a lot more efficient as a scorer. Then Luca, I think that's a factor to consider. I mean, 63% versus Luca's about 50%. You know, that's a decent difference. Uh, Jokic is also shooting a little bit better from three. And then, you know, you can go down and look at the stats and you could look at, well, okay, so Jokic, the 25 points overall versus Luca's 34, but he's less usage, more efficient. He has a better team around him. The team's doing much better than the Dallas Mavericks, who Luca doesn't have a very good supporting cast, whereas Jokic has a better one. But it's 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 a really interesting thing. I think Jokic has the edge over Luka. Um, and I think there are other guys that certainly have a case too. I still think Jason Tatum has a really good case. I still think Giannis has a case, although Giannis has missed some games now. Um, and I think his efficiency numbers have fallen a little bit. Um, you know, And then Kevin Durant before the injury also had a case, um, but now not so much. So I think it's interesting. I think Jokic does have the edge just because of how much he does kind of elevate the play of his teammates. And the fact that Denver, in addition to Jokic's great stats, they are number one in the West. So I think it's it's not any one thing that determines who's the MVP. But overall, I mean, the the word is, or the MVP stands for most valuable player. I think Jokic has been the most valuable player. So it's you know it's it's a fun you know convo. But I I do think that he kind of has the edge at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think. If you're just looking at the numbers, like, it's 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 pretty simple to say. I mean, I, I don't think, like, would anyone say Jokic is better than LeBron, you know, historically? No. So, like, you know, him getting three MVPs, I don't know. I don't think it means, like, too, too much. Obviously, it is a great accomplishment, and he is, you know, an absolutely wonderful player, but I don't know how much it really means. Ben, what, what are your thoughts on this? This is kind of a weird uh, uh, situation here. I just think it's, it, it, I mean, credit to, to Jokic for for being as good as he is and playing the way that he does, which is so unorthodox. And, and it's staying not healthy, like, too. Yeah, it's staying healthy, absolutely. And he's not like a a smooth player. Like, it's not like – it's almost like painful to watch him play because of how, how like, quirky it is. But, like, I'm always in the camp of, like, at the end of the day, like, numbers don't lie. And he's putting up the numbers that he is. Like, he deserves he deserves the credit that, that he's getting for it. So, did I ever think that, that Jokic would win three MVPs in a row? No, but – Based off of the statistics that he's putting up against the best players in the world, like I don't know how you can't give it to him. I think he's absolutely deserving of it, and I think it'll be one of those. And again, he—I don't know how old he is. I'm, I'm assuming he's not that old. He has a long career ahead of him still, but maybe someday that'll be an interesting trivia question. Like, who's the only player to ever win three MVPs in a row? And I don't think Jokic is typically going to be a name that'll come up. 
um, when you talk about the best players of all time 20 years down the line. Maybe it is. Again, he's he has a long career ahead of him, but um, I don't know. I mean, again, like credit to him. He, I, he's he's somebody like he's hard to hate because um, he's kind of on a he's not on a big market team. He's not on he's not always in, in the spotlight, but. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's dominating against the best players in the world. So, um, I mean, credit to him. I actually kind of hope he does win it this year. Yeah. And, and just last thing to add before we move on, I, I think he does have a real chance. I mean, this Denver team's really good. Jamal Murray's, you know, starting to get back to himself, obviously, you know, Michael Porter Jr. And they have some pretty good role players. And I think that's like, like part of the reason that people might say that Jokic isn't in that conversation of being like a top, I don't know, top 40, top 50 all time guy is because he hasn't won a championship, obviously. I mean, that's how everyone's measured. That's how, you know, LeBron was measured until he got the championship. That's how all these great players are going to be thought of. I mean, people still knock Kevin Durant because he had to go to the Warriors to get a ring and stuff like that. That's kind of unreasonable, but people do that. And they're doing the same thing with Jokic as well, even though there's been a couple years where he's had, you know, teammates have been hurt last season. Jamal Murray didn't play. Michael Porter Jr. was hurt. And that's part of the reason why it's been harder for him to to get to an NBA Finals. So we'll see if he can do it this season. I think they have a real chance. Interesting. Well, um, you know, I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. Trevor, any other, you know, games or topics you want to talk about at NBA before we kind of move on here? No, I think that's it. I mean, we, we had the the Boston-Golden State game, which was good. Uh, Boston won in overtime. So, you know, it's something that that's worth mentioning for sure because it was a good game. Boston finally gets the win um, over Golden State. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, let's move on over to the NFL. Quickly talk about the uh, wild card games. We're a little bit past them at this point, so so quick thoughts. Um, why don't Why don't we do this? I'm doing this off the dome here. Why don't we each say one word to describe each matchup? It's a fun little game. One word. What do you guys think? Is that crazy? Okay. Uh, the, all the wild card all games. Right. Yeah, yeah, all the wild card games. One word. All right. Seahawks Niners. Ben, I'm starting with you. Sorry. Um, Brock. Brock, all right. right. Trevor? Uh, one word. Um, yeah, one word. Or a phrase. We can do like a little phrase. I'm like two words, fine, but. I was going to say offensive explosion. So that's two words. That's two words, Trevor. Gosh. I I was going to say all offense. All okay. offense. That's not one word, dude. Come on. That's that's all yeah. we're getting. I, I you could do a little phrase, Ben. You could do a little phrase. All right, then I'm changing mine to to uh, Brock Purdy. Fine, fine. Sounds good. All right, Jags Chargers. Trevor. Uh, Lawrence is a top ten quarterback. That's not okay. That was way too many words. Way too many words. You, you've uh... lost your privilege on this one, Ben. Ben, what do you think here? Uh, I'll say. Uh, Chargers being the Chargers is what they do. All right, I'll say second half. There you second go. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Um, Ravens Bengals Ben. Oh. One word. I got you. Ready? Uh-huh. Fumble. Huh? Fumble. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say outplayed. Trevor. Outplayed. That's uh, that that could well, that, one team <laughs> the other one. Uh, that could be yeah. You could go down a rabbit hole with that one. One word. I mean, it, there's, it's not one word, but it's it's the Huntley reach. You know, how do you reach from that far away? You gotta you gotta be closer if you're gonna try to reach for that. Yeah, it's a mess. Bad decision. All right, Bills Dolphins. I'll go first here. Um, Stephon Diggs. I love Stephon oh, Diggs. Did, did he even play I well in that game? Say that seven like, seven catches for 114 yards. 
Uh, I didn't watch the game. That's why I, I have no idea. I gotta say, all right, Ben, then you're next, Mister. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. Oh me? Uh, okay, I'll say uh, snow. I don't know. Did it snow during that game? Probably. I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Trevor? I don't think so. Um, well, it was it was messy. Messy is the word, but I just gotta say I love Stefan Diggs in general. Like I do love Diggs. Like eat, like off the field. I mean, I see. I saw a, a great clip. Guy. I saw a clip yesterday of this like build. I think this like kid that's a Bills fan. I think he like his father passed away or something, and Stefan Diggs. Um, like, like sharing a moment with him, like, I think it was probably pregame and I think it's, uh, it's happened multiple times cause they showed like different clips of him going up and giving him a pair of cleats or, uh, signing something, signing a Jersey. And I just think Stefan Diggs is, I mean, you know, as a, as a human, he seems like one of the best dudes in the national football league. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes that. that that's that, good. Good guy, Stefan Diggs. All right. Giants Vikings. I'll go first here again. Uh, Vikings aren't good. Frauds. Ben, we'll go to you. <laughs> Is your word frauds? Yeah, Trevor? frauds. There we go. Okay, Ben? Um, I'll say it was an expected result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except neither one of you picked it in our article. I did. I know, but, no, but I he did. was like... I picked, the, I picked the Giants. Yeah. Oh, okay, Ben, then you a, didn't pick the Giants. I definitely didn't, but... um. <laughs> it was not. I would not call it a surprising result in the slightest. All right, and Cowboys Bucks. It was an exhibition. That's my word. Exhibition. I like that. Game. Trevor. Uh, Dak. He was. He was awesome. He was. He was awesome. Um, Bucks just suck. It's exactly what I wrote about in my in the article. These aren't good. All right, that is our one one or I guess one phrase wild card round. Um, let's get to the divisional round, talk a little bit about these past games um, that happened, then we'll go into a couple other topics, and then we'll finish with the, the games happening today. Um, let's start with the very first game with Jags Chiefs. Um, obviously, the big storyline is Mahomes um, and his ankle. Um, this did not look good. Dr. Chow, the football doctor, pro football doctor on Twitter, seemed to think that there's a potential high ankle sprain. He indicated that Mahomes could play through it with a lot of pain and he won't be as mobile, and it seems like that was true. Um, seems like he really toughed it out. Uh, big props to him. And obviously they took home the win 27-20. Uh, Ben, I'm going to start with you here. Any, anything you want to talk about in this game that you felt like was important? I think it was, it was kind of an expected result. I mean, the the Chiefs were clearly the better team, even with Mahomes not 100%. They were clearly the better team. Um, the Jags just weren't as good. They were outplayed. Um, and they had, they had opportunities at the end there to, to make it a game. But then, you know, that fumble at the end of the game and inside the 30 yard line, whatever, that that was kind of. The, the game over for the Jags. Um, again, they had a good year. They had a fantastic season, but um, and it's really hard to go in there and beat the Chiefs, especially in, in Arrowhead. Um, and the Chiefs are just the much better team, so I, I, I don't think any anybody's really super surprised by the outcome. I think, if anything, you're surprised that the Jags only lost by seven when, in reality, it honestly seems like the Chiefs probably were the much better team than by seven points. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Trevor, any any you know, couple thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it ended up being a, a pretty good game. Um, I enjoyed it certainly. Obviously, you know, we hope we all hope that Mahomes, you know, makes a that he's good. He's good to go. Um, obviously, we all want to see him at full strength. So, hopefully, I don't know if he obviously I don't know if he'll be at full strength, but as close to that as he can be for the AFC Championship. Um, you know, so that we can get you know as good of a game as we can possibly get. You know, we want all players at full strength so that we get a true or we that we feel like we got a true. Uh, indication of like who the best team actually was, you know, so you never want to see uh, really important players, you know, injured in any way, obviously. 
Um, as far as the game itself, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, they, they did what they had to do. I did expect them to win. Um, but the Jags really had multiple chances. I mean, obviously, the Agnew fumble uh, was huge. Um, the Jags were driving. Um, they could have cut that lead back to three points again in the fourth quarter, which, you know, I think the Chiefs probably still win, but, like, you never know. I mean, it certainly gives the Jags a really good chance there if they could have scored a touchdown and cut it to 27-24. Um, but it didn't happen. They get a turnover there, and then, you know, Lawrence gets one more chance, and he throws the interception. Overall, I, I still do think that Lawrence had moments of greatness. He had moments where he looked really good. Um, but, you know, he's a young quarterback. It's his second year in the league. Um, and with those really great flashes, really great moments, also comes an occasional bad moment. Um, you know, I mean, and to make it clear, we see that with almost every, I mean, we see that with Josh Allen this entire season. We see that with most quarterbacks, right? Maybe not Patrick Mahomes necessarily, but we see it with pretty much everyone else. So I, I still think Lawrence played pretty well overall, a valiant effort by them uh, overall, the Jags. Doug Peterson, you know, has been a really good coach, I think, for this Jags team. And this is something to build off of now for the Jags going forward for years to come. Um, you know, will they be the the kings of the AFC South now? May, I th- I think they might be. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting game, and obviously, well deserved win for the Chiefs. Kelsey, just another ridiculous stat line. I mean, this guy is just incredible. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's such a unique player, and in my opinion, one of the best tight ends of it all time, if not the best tight end of all time. And you can see like how big of a difference he makes on the field. I mean, the Chiefs are just the better team. This was not a surprising result. Hopefully Mahomes is healthy. I, I'd really hate to see these playoffs go, you know, go on forward where Mahomes isn't, you know, close to 100%. It seems like he's not going to be, so that, that kind of sucks. But we'll see how he toughed it out. I just read a tweet about uh, it before the podcast from Dr. Chow saying that he played through this exact same injury in 2019. So we'll see. We'll see. Mahomes has the ability to do it. Um, next game, Giants-Eagles. I unfortunately didn't get to catch a lot of this game, so I'm going to rely on you guys a little bit here. Trevor, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it, it was a stinky game, you know? It was a stinker, unfortunately. I, I was really hoping for a great game. I got to go and get some uh, tacos to watch this game. So the, the tacos, the margaritas, um, it, it made the fact that this was a stinky game much better. I was still uh, very happy with that experience. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles dominated, you know? And I thought that I thought that with the injuries that the Eagles have had in the past— it just seemed like, you know, maybe they would be it would be a little bit tougher. I didn't know if they would be able to get in a rhythm right away like they did. I thought that it would be a little bit tougher at first and then they'd they'd still get the win, you know. I did predict the Eagles would win, but I just thought it would be a little bit tougher in the beginning to kind of establish that rhythm that they had so often earlier in the season and it wasn't. They were off and running. They drove right down the field, got a touchdown. Jalen Hurts looked awesome. He looked totally fine. Like, nothing was wrong with him. He ran it. He was throwing it. He was exceptional. And uh, the Giants couldn't respond. They had, I, I don't know if it was their first, it might have been their first drive, or first or second drive, where they were on a good run, and then Daniel Jones had a play where he maybe got, like, maybe, like, the pinky finger of the defensive lineman touched Daniel Jones, and he fell over um, on third down, something like that. Which, you know, kind of put them at, a, I don't know if they were in field range to start, but it put them at a spot where they were 4th and 8, and they decided to go for it, which I was like, I don't know, 4th and 8, uh, that's, you know, if it was 4th and 3, I'd maybe be okay with it. 4th and 8 was a little dicey, and then they obviously didn't get it, and then from then on, the Eagles ran away with it. Um, so yeah, it, it was a stinky game, I was hoping for more, 
but you got to give credit to the uh, the Eagles. Their defense was really good the entire game, getting pressure on Daniel Jones, making it tough for him to find receivers. I mean, there were quite a few times where he did. He was able to escape the pressure, get out of the pocket, and for whatever reason, he just couldn't find a receiver. You know, you would see him like rolling out, like looking down the field, and then he'd throw it away, or you know, he'd have to run out of bounds for a two-yard gain. So the coverage of the Eagles seemed to be very good as well, or it was just the, the fault of Daniel Jones. I don't know um, exactly what happened there, but fantastic effort fight by the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are a good football team, really are a good football team. Um, I mean, we all predicted them to win. I thought this game would be much closer, though. I'm pretty unimpressed with the Giants in this game. Daniel Jones, not a great uh, outing for him. 11.4 QBR in this game. Pretty, pretty rough. Um, they didn't run the ball particularly well. It was, it was an all right running day in general, but um, overall, rough day for the Giants. I feel like there's not too much more to say here. Um, let's get into uh, two other little topics. Obviously, very hot topic right now is with my Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and his potential, or maybe not, no contract at all, potential contract uh, offer or deal uh, for the Ravens to resign him, or for, frankly, another team to have him. Um, I have a uh, pretty hot take on the situation, so I don't know if you guys want me to go first, uh, or if one of you want to speak first, Trevor. Maybe you want to go first and enlighten the viewers uh, before I go on a whole little rant. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that, well, I'll start with this, because I think this is the ultimate point, and this is what matters most. I, I don't think there's an alternative for the Ravens to not signing Lamar Jackson, so you have to do it. You have to find a way to get the deal done, because... In my opinion, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, top five quarterbacks don't just come around every single year. You can't just draft one the first round and guarantee he's going to be awesome. Most often, he's not awesome, right? When you just draft a quarterback, it's it's hard to find. So you can't just lose Lamar Jackson. He's been a huge part of this team. Yes, he's had some injury issues, and that's kind of uh, the biggest concern I'd have with him and the Ravens' chances of, you know, competing for a Super Bowl. But when he's healthy, when he plays, he's usually awesome. He's usually awesome. And the record um, kind of shows that, the the record with Lamar, with the Ravens versus without Lamar. Uh, that's pretty clear. So they have to find a way to do it. Now, whether that's, um, you know, the, the fully guaranteed maximum of what he can make, obviously we know that the whole Deshaun Watson deal and even the Russell Wilson deal, you can argue, kind of have hurt the Ravens, I think, in negotiations. Um, I'm sure that, well, actually not I'm sure. I know that the Ravens front office is very uh, mad at the Browns for, for doing that stupid deal that they signed. The Browns are front offices. They're a bunch of idiots, frankly. And I know that the Ravens are probably upset with them, um, but they're going to need to find a way to get a deal. And I think they will at the end of the day um, get the deal done, but it's just a matter of exactly how it's going to happen. You know, will it be the fully uh, guaranteed deal? Will it be like a franchise tag? Um, will they consider giving like Lamar more, uh, more of an, an opinion on the offensive coordinator decision? I don't know. Like, I think those are a bunch of different factors going into it, but the ultimate point is you have to find a way to, to get the deal done. Um, all right, Ben, anything you want to say about this? No, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of opinions. I mean, again, it's up to, it's their decision. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. I think they should pay him, but I don't know what kind of money they're willing to give him when he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. Um, so I, I don't have, I don't have a whole lot of opinions on it. Again, it's not my decision. It's up to them. The Ravens are a fantastic organization. They typically make the right move. I, I'm assuming that they will make the right move, whatever that is, uh, this off season. 
Yeah, so I, I kind of have an interesting perspective on this, I think. I, of course, would love Lamar Jackson back. I absolutely love him. Um, he's, he's an amazing player, um, and I, I hope he re-signs. However, uh, I mean, the, the salary cap is a thing. There's, there's, it's not an invisible thing either. It's, it's very much an issue. And you look at a lot of teams that have extended quarterbacks and them not, you know, have this uniquely great chance at a Super Bowl and make it in very tough situations. If they can sign Lamar for the right amount of money, I'm totally for it. 100% for it. And he deserves a big contract. He's a really, really great player. But uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm i a Ravens fan before Lamar Jackson fan. I, I care more about the Ravens. You know, if we look at some of the teams, like, let's look at the Arizona Cardinals. They just signed Kyler Murray to a big deal. Do you think, do either of you think they're uniquely close to a Super Bowl at all? No. Did they get closer by signing Kyler Murray? No. No. And not only that, it has crippled them so much so where they can't make good financial decisions around Kyler Murray. They have to give up DeAndre Hopkins this year. You see J.J. Watt retiring. They wouldn't have been able to re-sign him anyway. They put themselves in a bad situation to sign this quarterback. Then players have to leave. The Ravens have a great team around Lamar, mostly because he signed for a million and a half dollars this year. Well, not this year. Over the first four years. This year, it was 23 uh, because of the fifth-year option. The biggest example of this and this has nothing to do with, obviously, I'm not a big fan of this player, but it actually has nothing to do with the player himself. Is Tom Brady's current situation with the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs have $35 million in dead money to Brady if he signs on another roster or if he's on their roster. It does not matter. The only time that that money goes down is if he retires, and it still goes down only to $12 million. So signing someone to a guaranteed deal with a lot of dead money cripples the team a ton. The Bucks are negative $40 million in the cap, and if Brady signs to another team, or if he stays on the team, which most likely he's not even going to stay on the team, they still owe him this $35 million, and it cripples them in the cap this coming year, on a year where they already didn't do well. So let's say you give Lamar this huge guaranteed deal, right? You give him this huge guaranteed deal. It has the potential to cripple them for many, many years to come, and I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I think I'm roughly 50-50 on him staying or not staying, I think I'd be fine with our decision. I'm leaning towards the best decision being they signed him to an extended, or to an exclusive franchise tag, and they trade him to someone like the Jets. Supposedly the rumors are flying around that they can get three first round picks um, for him. I mean, imagine if they could get three first round picks and Garrett Wilson, and then you draft a quarterback and you do what the, the 49ers are doing. The 49ers have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, a seventh round quarterback. In fact, most people, I think all of us here, would think that the 49ers have the best chance to make it in the NFC. Do we not? I, I know, Trevor, me and you share the same opinion. I think, Ben, maybe you're up there. Maybe you think the Eagles. But I think there's a good chance that the, the Niners make it with Brock Purdy. Or even even if it's not Brock Purdy, it's Garoppolo, who I know we have all talked about isn't that great. So, to me, I think I'd rather get all those picks, get Garrett Wilson, be able to draft a new quarterback. Maybe Obviously, he's not going to be as good as Lamar Jackson, but then spend all the money that you would spend on him building as great of a team around this new quarterback that you can. And for the four years under that rookie deal, be able to do a lot um, instead of being potentially crippled uh, by, by the money that they have to give to Lamar. So that's my kind of hot take where I think no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, and I, I think ultimately this spans down to one really important question. It is, can Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl? If he can win a Super Bowl, even with guaranteed money, it hurts the team so much. So, so much. So, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle about it. I mean, I hope he resigns. I hope it's for a reasonable amount of money. If it's fully guaranteed, I think that's kind of no good. I would almost not want him 
for fully guaranteed money um, because of how much it would change the dynamic of the team, how many players would have to leave. Um, I don't know if you guys think that's like a crazy, crazy take, Trevor. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, so I don't necessarily think it's crazy. I'm a little surprised that it's your your opinion. Um and I don't, I don't think I agree personally, just because I do think, I mean, obviously I think we both think Lamar is really great. And I just think it's so hard to get a quarterback. And I get that. Yeah. The 49ers are one example that you have, but I just think that's such a rare example. It's, it's an exception. I mean, they're, they're really the only team that has a quarterback that's, I mean, like a, like a game manager that has a chance. So I don't know. I, I think because of, I think the injuries is what makes it not crazy. I would say. If Lamar had no health issues, then it would be a crazy take, I think. Because Lamar is yeah, I think much I, better than Kyler Murray, for example, I think. No, no, um, I agree. And I think you make a good point. Like, it is a, it definitely is a unique situation the Niners are in. But imagine if they take all that. Like, you got to think about it. They sign Lamar. The team around him is not going to be the same. It is going to go down yeah, in value. They'll have to lose. It'll be yeah. the same thing with any team that re-signs a quarterback to a ton of money. Um, maybe not that first year, but progressing forward when you, you have to move that cap money around. So like, for example, the Bengals are kind of in the same situation. Um, not this year, but next year, they're going to be in the same situation where it's going to be super win now, you know, cause Joe Burrow is going to get a ton of money. Does he deserve it? A hundred percent. I'm not saying they shouldn't sign Joe Burrow, but I think you'd agree. But I feel like Ben, you can understand this too. There's a lot of players on this Bengals team where they had a lot of cap room where they won't be able to re-sign, and the team around the quarterback will not be as great. And it gives them, you know, obviously it keeps the quarterback, but the team is going to get worse around the quarterback. So in, in, in you know, theory, the team will be worse around Lamar um, come maybe not next year, but the year after. So it's a, the long-term solution is potentially very, very drastic. I mean, if you look at like the cap number on Watson, his final year cap numbers, it's, it's like $60 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, if, if that was this year, if that, I understand it's not, and the cap is going to go up. I mean, that's probably going to be 30 to 40% of the cap money um, if it was this year. Um, and that's, I mean, you got to sign 53 players to the roster. So it's, that's just, I think it cripples the team so much. I almost would not want a fully guaranteed contract quarterback on, on roster. Do you think, well, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, Ben, you know what? Um, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think your, your take is that the Ravens should do the right thing here, which is whether that's pay him, but not cripple their entire franchise or find other options. I mean, I think every team, that's the goal of every team. And like you brought up the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals ownership has been very clear in this, this season. Like, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to get paid, but we're not willing to give him money like Patrick Mahomes. That's going to cripple this entire team. And Joe Burrow knows that. And the hope is that they'll find a number that is respectful enough, but also able, you know, able for them to do other things. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said, like, the, I mean, the Ravens know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're a, a pretty well-ran franchise. Like, I would imagine that they'll do the right thing. And I don't know what that is, and I don't think anybody at the, at the moment knows what that is, whether that's giving Lamar Jackson a lot of money or saying, here's the number, take it or leave it, and we're, willing, we're not willing to, you know, sell the farm for, for one player that has had a lot of injury issues over the last couple of years, so... Um, I don't know. Again, like this is a, this is why I'm not an NFL GM because this is a decision that's very very hard to make, and it's why the NFL is as great as it is because this whole system's in place so that you can't have this monopoly on talent, um, like you like you see in other sports, and it it it, it makes it to where I mean you got to capitalize with what you have in the moment. So it's a tough decision, but it's why the NFL is as great as it is. Yeah, and I think like if you look like at uh, the, I mean what you said kind of makes sense. They obviously want to make the best decision. I think. 
if they could find a number that's reasonable, do it. Like, they're not probably not going to get a much better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, frankly, ever. And same thing with the Bengals. They're not going to get a better... Like, I mean, you're not going to get a better quarterback than Joe Burrow, probably ever. Um, you know, the odds are not in your favor. But there's, like, there's this, like, perception in the media and, like, on Twitter, I see this all the time, where people are like, just sign the man, give him whatever he wants. And I'm like, that's not smart. We can't just give anyone any amount of money. It's not as simple as just sign him for $300 million, fully guaranteed. Give it to him at signing. Like, just check it off and get rid of everything. It doesn't matter. It does matter at the end of the day. You know, the, the NFL has a strict salary cap, so it actually matters a ton. And I just don't think I'd do that. As much as I love him, I and I, you guys know how much I love Lamar Jackson. I'd ride for that man. But but it's it's not that simple. The NFL is quite difficult. Uh, Trevor, final thoughts on this before we kind of move on here. Yeah, I, I was just going to say because I, Lamar, he seems to keep things close to the vest. It's, it's a little bit like Kawhi. Like it's, and that, that's another factor of unpredictability. We, we have no idea what he's actually thinking about this. So I'm just going to be curious to, to see like how willing is he to potentially take a little bit of a cut? Like is he willing to take a little bit of a pay cut and take a little bit less? I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. It doesn't seem like he's going to, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Let's move on here to Tom Brady, one of my least favorite players in the NFL. Um, and it, seem, it seems like he's going to be leaving. That's what it seems like, though. You know, the indication from what people have said about the team, the indication from, you know, how his last interview was, it seems to me like he's going to be leaving. So I'm interested. Where do you guys think he, or at least the possible possibilities of where he's going to go, Trevor? Yeah, so I think it's tough. I, I do think he's going to leave Tampa. I think there have been a lot of indications we've gotten in the last week that, that make it seem like that's the case. I mean, his his post-game press conference was pretty interesting, the way he kind of like thanked yeah. all the media members. It seemed very exit-like. Yeah, it seemed a little odd to me. So that was one of the things. We've also had some of his teammates now that seem to think that he's also leaving. Yeah. So I think he's out of Tampa. Um now, but that's probably a good decision. Yeah, they're not winning anything. Yes, I think it's I think it's the right football decision um, in terms of you know having a chance to win the Super Bowl. It's the right decision. Um, I also don't think he's reti- going to retire. I mean, I think there's been enough that we've seen that's happened this year. I mean, why did I mean why did he return this year? He, he still thought he could play. Um, obviously, now everything that's happened with you know Giselle. Um, obviously, so. We'll see. I, I, I don't think he's going to retire. So if we look at the teams that are you know up for grabs, I think you have the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they honestly might be the front runner in my opinion. You know they've been a team that's already been talked about in the past. We know that uh, Dana White uh, obviously you know him and I think Rob Gronkowski asked him the question. He kind of laid out what happened with that when they tried to get into the Raiders in the past. Uh, Josh McDaniels is there. He's the head coach, obviously. You know, for many years, he was the offensive coordinator over at the Patriots. When they were with the Patriots, they had a really good relationship. Although you can argue, and I have no idea about this, but the last year, obviously, with the Patriots, Brady was very unhappy. He already was looking for a way out. And you got to wonder, is that relationship still as strong as it was for all of the years before 2019? That's a question that I don't know the answer to. I have no idea. But... That's, you know, those are some of the reasons why the Raiders make sense. They still have Devontae Adams. Um, if you look at the other pieces, I don't know if it's a, a fantastic football situation. I mean, the Raiders, what, they won six or seven games this past year with Derek Carr, who Tom Brady's definitely still better than. Um, but nevertheless, Tom Brady is declining. He's not as good as he was even last year. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if the Raiders have a very good offensive line, 
um, you know, right now, maybe they could change some things, but right now doesn't seem the greatest. So I don't think that's a, a position where they're a contender. But, you know, who knows? Brady has a lot of belief in himself. He's very confident. He'll probably do a ton of things in the offseason to get himself ready. And maybe he believes he can contend with the Raiders, even though most people might not think that. But I think the Raiders are a strong option. A lot of people have mentioned the Miami Dolphins. Are the Dolphins really going to let go of Tua after this really solid year? I personally don't think so, but you never know, I guess. That's been another team that Brady's been in talks with before. You have the Jets, really good football situation there. Maybe the best of the realistic options, um, considering the really good defense they have, the good pieces, Garrett Wilson. I think football situation, the Jets might be the best situation, although you even have the 49ers, which would be the fourth team I'd throw into the mix. But the 49ers, are they really going to want to go after Tom Brady right now? We don't even know how their season's going to end. They might win the Super Bowl, right? So... Then when the Super Bowl, I don't know if they're going after Tom Brady. They have a bunch of things to figure out. But that's what I would say. I think those are four teams that are options. And I think out of those options, the Raiders, to me, seem like the front runner. But uh, Ben, what, what do you think? I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter. Like, like I'll root for him wherever he goes. I Obviously, I think there's one clear team that, would, that I want him to go to, and that's the New York Jets because that would be just the funniest thing ever to watch Patriots fans have to, have to uh, play him twice a year. Um, but I don't really care where he goes. I mean, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I'll root for him wherever he goes. Um, I mean, the Raiders, I, again, like you said, Trevor, I think most people assume that the Raiders make the most sense. Um, so sure, go, go to the Raiders. He'll get to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. It'd be great for NFL ratings. Um, so I don't, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me where he goes. <laughs> I like that energy. Let's be honest. Tom Brady should have retired after he won. The last Super Bowl you won, uh, it was pretty stupid to continue playing. I understand he wants uh, to play. that's not true. Well, after after, la- after last season, he should have. I understand he wants to keep on playing, but at some point, it's good to just end on top. I think the prolonging of his career this year was not an impressive year for Tom Brady. I understand there's injuries and stuff that happens. Lamar Jackson's had injuries and stuff, has not played that bad with players. So I just think it's time to, to hang it up. That's my honest opinion. However, if he wants to keep on playing, the best place for him to go, in my opinion, is the Raiders. It seems like they're willing to spend money. They have assets around him. If Adam stays, we'll see what they want to do. Um, they can you know, put really good weapons around him with uh, Renfro and Adams and Waller, Josh Jacobs. That offense is very equipped. Just needs a quarterback to be able to sling it. I like uh, uh, Derek Carr. Like, I really do. So, I don't know. We'll have to see if that works out. If I'm the Niners, I'm not doing anything for Tom Brady. That seems like that's not a good decision. I don't think Tom Brady makes this team uniquely great. Uh, way past what Garoppolo or Lance would do. Frankly, just staying with Lance and playing out the long-term solution, I think, is the best choice. Now, if they think that getting Tom Brady at 46 years old, at the time will be 46 years old, makes them uh, uniquely better to win a championship, do it then. I don't think that's the case. I think the second best choice for him would be going back to New England. Um, they'll have some cap money. They'll be able to get a receiver for him. Maybe Gronk comes back. The run game is pretty solid. Their defense is phenomenal. Um, it'll really be like a great year for Brady to be like, no, I can really play and let me show you type thing uh, to go to that, that Patriots team so i think number one raiders number two patriots is what i would do if i were him truthfully i'd retire but if he goes yeah. somewhere i'm saying the raiders that's that's what i think uh final thoughts on this trevor as this is your man right here 
Yeah, if, I, if I'm just saying my preferences, my number one preference is he retires. My number two preference is he goes to the Patriots, and there's no third option. I don't, you, want, I don't, you, want, I don't want any other thing to happen, either retire or go to the Patriots. Is, your preference is you want him to retire? I'm surprised. You, Trevor, I, you'd rather, you'd rather him have him retire than, than go back to your favorite team? That seems a little odd I, to me. I, would, I think it's, he's 46. I, I want to see uh the I want to get the band back together the the parents Giselle and Brady I want to see them get back together I want, Brady should retire spend time with the kids that's the right move <laughs> I, I I just think he's like prolonging this this need of playing which like I guess he wants to do it that's like the rumors that like he's he really wants to play like football. he just loves football yeah. and that's fine but like at some point like I think he's he's the best. I mean, the best football player of all time. And like like this past season, just looked bad. Like ending, he should have just ended on a high note. I'm I'm nervous wherever he goes. Well, not really nervous. I don't really care. But I, if I was him, I'd be nervous wherever he goes. Is just not going to end on like a good note to like end his career. And there's always gonna be like a bad taste in his mouth. Like that would be me if I was him. If yeah. You, if you want me to be honest, but. Nevertheless, let's get to our, our final little thing here. The games today, little previews. Obviously, we wrote a little article with our predictions. We all predicted Bills and Niners for both games. Um, anything you'd like to say, Ben? I'll start with you. Obviously, you got a lot riding on the 3 o'clock game with your Bengals playing, so I don't know if you want to talk too much about it. You don't want to think of anything, but anything you want to talk about with these two games before we wrap the pod? I mean, Bengals-Bills, like, I'll just keep it short. I, I hope it's a good game. I think it should be a pretty good game. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen. I, I could see really, I could see the Bengals winning. I could see the Bills winning. I don't, I don't think, um, there's like a strong argument for either side. That's way better than the, the alternative. Obviously, um, more people are favoring the Bills, which I love to see the Bills spread has, has just keeps going up day after day, which is fine with me. I love it. Um, but again, like, I, I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm just kind of enjoying the ride. If it's the last game of the year for the Bengals then I'll enjoy it. So, um, I don't, I really don't have a whole lot of thoughts on it. I hope it's a good game. Yeah, I, I, any for the last game, Ben Cowboys Niners before I, I talk. Um, I think this game's gonna be fantastic, and this is like the one game of the four games this week. I think like the two yesterday and and Bills Bengals. I think like a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I like I, I think I have a pretty good idea what's gonna happen. And this Cowboys Niners game, like I have no idea what's gonna happen. Like the Niners are the favorite; they're at home, but I could absolutely see the Cowboys winning. I, I wouldn't be super surprised at all if the Cowboys won. So. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, this is by far the most excited, like I'm the most excited for this game out of any other game this weekend, just cause I think, um, it should be a fantastic game. And like both teams have a lot of weapons. They're both awesome offenses to watch when court, when the quarterbacks are playing, uh, well. So I'm super excited for that, for that, for that, uh, second game today. Yeah. I'm really, the second game I think is going to be a really, really good game. I, I actually predict the Bills to win by a decent amount. I think the Bengals O-line injuries are going to be a little bit too much. Um, I think their luck towards the end of the year here has, has gone a little bit down. Now, the Bengals are still a great team and have the ability to win for sure, but um, I'm picking the Bills by a decent amount. I don't remember the exact number I gave, but whatever it was, it was. Trevor, wrap up the pond today. A little talk about these final two games. Yeah, so to me, I mean, both of these games can go either way. I think both of the, the matchups, I mean, it's two pretty evenly matched teams um well at least given how the Cowboys played last week I think now you would say that one's more evenly matched with the Bills and Bengals I think it's particularly unpredictable um you know beyond just you know you know the football elements but I mean how emotional it's going to be with DeMar Hamlin I I don't know if he's going to be at the game or or what what what's going on there but I'm sure it's going to be very emotional obviously uh these teams now playing again meeting in the playoffs a big matchup um, it, it's very unpredictable, and I do lean toward the Bills. 
Um, you know, and obviously the Bengals' offensive line injuries are part of that. But to kind of give a counterpoint and argue against myself here, I think the Bengals in this matchup, I think the way Joe Burrow can get the ball out quick and the fact that the Bills' defensive line, I mean, they aren't exactly the best team at pressuring, certainly not as good as the Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion. And I think that Joe Burrow, even despite the offensive line injuries, may be able to still play really well because of that factor, because he can get the ball out quick, um, still has really good weapons, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, all those guys. They still are fully capable of overcoming it and winning the game. But I, I did predict the Bills to win it, so I'll stick with that. Um, because, frankly, Josh Allen, you know, he's had so many games that have been shaky. I feel like at some point, he's got to play a really good game, and it, and it might be this Bengals game. So I, I, I think part of this is stemming on my belief in Josh Allen, the fact that I think he will play a really good game, and I think the Bills will do enough to win. In the Cowboys-Niners game, I, I lean Niners in this one, um, but then again, you never know with this Cowboys team, because if they're at their best, if their offense is clicking— they can beat anyone, you know. They really can. Dak played one of the best games of his career. Can he repeat that today? I don't know. We'll find out. I think the 49ers have maybe the best defense in the NFL. Um, so it's going to be tough. Obviously, they have a lot of really good defensive players. And on the offensive end, they're very creative. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, that offensive scheme that they run, it's really smart. And Purdy, you know, he's a, a great game manager. You know, he can get the rollouts, um, you know, the checkdowns, and he's been solid. He hasn't really turned the ball over very much. So with that being said and all the weapons they have, I think the Niners will, you know, sneak out with the win. Interesting. Interesting takes. Well, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Um, go check out our article that had all the predictions. We're both, we're all three of us are two for two uh, this weekend. Uh, hopefully we finish four for four. Well, Ben, actually, you probably want us to finish three for four, but I hope we finish four for four. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's all for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Of course, go check out the website, thesmallballers.com. We got articles. Can post all the time. Trevor, are you putting out one today or tomorrow? I plan on so it'll it'll be out in the morning probably. Okay, okay. So uh, so by the time you guys listen to this, maybe if you listen Monday, your work day, you'll have an article to read as well on your lunch break, uh, which will be quite nice. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Stay up to date with all of our podcasts that come out. With that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.